the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within Podcast, where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon, with my co-host, Joe. We have Vinny Tortorich. He is a celebrity trainer. He's a speaker, podcaster, best-selling author of Fitness Confidential, Adventures in the Weight Loss Game. He's got some really cool documentaries out, Fat, One and Two, and then he also has one, Beyond Impossible, that talks a little bit about the soy and, and vegan industry meets. Now, one of the really interesting things I found in the documentary was some of the research on diabetes, particularly type 2 diabetes. And there's a particular doctor in Australia, I believe, that was just recommending less sugar, less junk, and he pretty much almost lost his practice. The board came down on him for that. Can you talk about a little bit about that and how some of that is still going on with some of this information? And even you, I think you've been blacklisted for some Pardon. of your information from the internet as well. They even took down your wiki page. Oh, I get shadow banned and everything else. But yeah, Gary, he's in, he was in Tasmania, still is there. And um, he was, he's an orthopedic surgeon. And one of the things that the state had him doing was chopping limbs off of people. <laughs> and that he was charged with that, you know, state was- From type 2 diabetes and rot and stuff like that due to it. Right. So yeah. the flesh is yeah, really yeah, dead yeah. and rotting. Yeah, and you're Neuropathy. Uh, I can't, I can't say the word right now. Thank you. Neuropathy. And the next thing you know, your joints are losing all of its blood it is, and you got to chop the joint off, right? You got some people lose toes, feet, half of a leg at the knee. And Gary was doing this and, and he started figuring out that you can refer, reverse type 2 diabetes just by cutting out sugar. So when people would come to him, and start down this road, he was curing them of their problems, right? So instead of chopping their limbs off, he was saying, look, we're going to put you on this restrictive ketogenic diet. And we may be able to, you're not so far gone yet, we may be able to reverse this problem before it gets there. And it worked more and more. I know this all sounds like, oh, wait, this diet does everything. It's like the duct tape of diets. It just does everything. <laughs> but but it does fix it. And yeah. he starts doing this and the government came down on him and said, Hey, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Your job, sir, is to chop people's limbs off, not to save them. And all doctors around the world take an oath. First, do no harm. That's the oath. So let's see if we could fix something. But they were like, no, don't, we don't need you fixing stuff. We're paying you to chop limbs off. Yeah. Can you imagine? But he fixed people and he said, this is working. They said, we don't have enough data to show that it works. It's like, why do you need data? I, I didn't have to chop this lady's leg off or that guy's leg off. We don't care. Go back to chopping limbs. And if you keep telling people to eat this way, you're going to be censured. And that's what they did. I, I, look, the, the truth is stranger than the fiction. You saw it in the movie. Right. They had a whole committee there, just an entire committee. I could have done another whole story on, on Dr. Tim Noakes in South Africa, who's a good friend. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't make it a four hour movie. Tim Noakes 
a mother asked him on Twitter, but it was a leading question. They knew what they were doing. They said, hey, I'm taking my kid off of breast milk. What should I feed my kid? And he goes, moist up vegetables and meat. Get your kid eating good vegetables and meat. He told this woman to give the kid meat. And someone in the government over in South Africa, but they did that to him on purpose. They actually went through a trial and tried to convict this guy of, it was like the tweet heard around, heard around the world. They spent millions of dollars trying to convict this guy and bring him down. He beat it. As a matter of fact, Nina, the aforementioned Nina Taishos went there and testified for him because of her book. And uh, as a matter of fact, the attorneys from the other side during the breaks, they were coming over to Nina going, hey, would you sign our book? <laughs> you know, and the whole thing. And then they would put her in the stands and, and, and start yelling at her again. This is all, th this is how crazy this is. He gets off. And the government came at him for a second round and spent millions more going after him. And he won again wow. because there was no precedence over one tweet. That's crazy. So if you think when you go, oh, Vin, you're being shadow banned, the whole thing. And it makes it sound like we're crazy. Oh, no, this is happening. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's Gary Fetke over in, in Tasmania, Tim Noakes over in South Africa, or Vinnie Tonnery sitting in Virginia. It doesn't matter. They're gunning for us, left and center. Yeah. So that makes me wonder how many doctors want to get the right information out there, but their hands are tied in terms of keeping their careers and things like that. There was a, I remember the scene from there where the receptionist, just when she realized that she was giving people bad information and just how broken she was about it. And I remember that being like really impactful because that got me thinking what you were saying, like how many people wish that they could give the right information. And you go into it in the documentary a, a bit about maybe the villain was the after the heart attack from the president, the ADA, American AHA Heart Association, and all the studies oh, yeah. and guidelines that came well, both out. Them, both the ADA, which is the American Diabetes Association, and the AHA, the American Heart Association, are bought and paid for by Kellogg's, you know, <laughs> Mars, Kellogg, you name it. That's their biggest sponsors. And um, I get into it more in my third movie, Beyond Impossible. The movies all tie into each other and you get to see the pieces of the puzzle, but they take money from these people. And then the American Dietitians Association is, the doctors go, we don't know anything about diet, but the American Dietitians Association, they do. And they are in lockstep. As a matter of fact, that organization was created by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Yeah. It was a, it, my church and a woman, uh, a crazy woman named Ellen G. White. And we've been following this for years. It's the 60s, and when you right? Think, <laughs> say again? Since the 60s. Oh, no, we've been following it a lot longer than longer that. Than that? You know, I, oh, oh, my God. Ellen G. White came around in the late 18, the mid to late 1860s. Oh, and, oh, wow. Um, yeah, th this is me. You know, but the whole thing, once, as you said, once Eisenhower had a heart attack and Ansel Keys came in, yeah, I show a whole history in these movies. I don't make this stuff up. I just show history. Look, this isn't me. I don't care. I don't have a horse in the race. Here's what happened. It, it, I, I don't make this stuff up. But when you say, do doctors want to do better? Yes. But the problem with medicine nowadays is most of these doctors, they come out of med school with way more than a half a million dollars in, in bills that they owe, right? They owe everybody for the rest of their life. So 
doctors can't go into private practice like they used to. So they go in with these big companies and these big companies go, Hey, we'll give you a nice paycheck. We will take care of your uh, malpractice insurance. We'll take care of everything. We'll do your bookkeeping. We'll do everything. All you have to do is listen to everything we say. If you listen to everything we say, when someone dies of a heart attack, we can back you. So don't go away from the company line. And that's what goes on in this country. That's yeah. what we're doing. Sorry, yeah. these are facts. I'm not making this stuff up. Yeah. I couldn't. I'm not that good. Yeah, you've got it documented with all your sources and everything else. I did want to change directions just a little bit and talk a little bit about Beyond Impossible and talk about the fake meat industry, uh, soy-based products, uh, veganism, and, and your take on all this stuff. Yeah, I started noticing when guys like, like myself, and you know, there's a lot of guys out there, Sean Baker, who said, hey, all you need is meat. And all these people, and we start proving this stuff. And at the beginning, the internet didn't care about us. But once you have not 10, not 100, not 1,000, not 10,000, but hundreds of thousands of people who are out there just espousing the, this diet and, and this way of life. And now you have basically an epidemiological study. So the other side has a problem. They've been getting away with their bullshit vegan stuff for a long time, but now we yeah. have this and it's proven over and, and no one's dropping dead of a heart attack. <laughs> Everyone's just getting healthy. Yeah. And the, 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 this becomes a problem. So then they start saying it's, it's cow farts. Cows <laughs> and beef is killing the ozone layer. And this is all made out of whole cloth, you understand. There is no proof to any of this. So I start looking at this and I just, I'm just a curious guy. And because now when you give a curious guy some money and you can start researching stuff and you, now I have assistants and my assistants can go research stuff, right? I'll just give them tasks and go, I need to find this and this. Now I can do stuff. I think most people take their money and go out and buy a portion. No, I, I go back in and do research. And I started looking around going, cow farts? And I started talking to people like Dr. Mitlerner, who's one of the, the foremost authorities in the world. And you start talking to Dr. Lacroix over in, in Europe and all these different people. And they're going, oh, no, this is made out of whole cloth. There is no precedence for any of this stuff. And, and a lot of other just really smart people. Like I'm talking some of the most brilliant people out there I have access to. But then, because I put money in the stock market, I start noticing that Cargill and Tyson Foods and all these meat companies are also dropping, in some cases, a billion dollars into the fake meat industry. And so, wait a minute. If the meat companies are dropping billions into this ain't going away. So I just started going down these rabbit holes and finding the truth is stranger than fiction. And then when I decided to do the movie, I said, you know what? I don't want to be like these vegan propaganda films. I'm going to talk to both sides. I want to get the top vegan doctors in the world. I want to get Walter Willett over at Harvard, who he's the guy that gets the scientists to squint and come up with all these bullshit. I, I, I asked Dean Ornish. I asked McDougal, Michael Greger. I asked all these people to be in my movie. And when you guys, I don't think you saw the movie yet, right? No, not yet. I haven't seen and, that one yet. 
Yeah, that's what Chuck Klausmeyer and, and Mike Rowe, they love that part of the movie because I actually show the letter I sent to all of those people and I show their letters back on screen. Some of them said, I'm busy that day, but I clearly never gave them a day. I'm busy that day. Okay. One guy, I think Gregor said, we need to see the size of your audience because we can't just do any bullshit film. We need to see your audience size. And we said, what's your criteria? And they showed us the criteria and Chuck really loved that. We showed the criteria and we didn't just beat their criteria. We beat their criteria by a lot. And he still went, bah, bah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Just down the line, all of them just turned us down. So what are some bullet points about that diet, that industry that are troublesome? Well, the fake meat industry, everything. Number one, you cannot duplicate the amino acid profile of meat. Sorry, you can't. You're never going to, you, you can't take a plant product and, and duplicate meat. It's just not going to happen. You can fortify with vitamins and do all kinds of stuff, but you're not going to get anywhere near it. It's the perfect human food. The other problem is they claim that by eating this way, you're going to save the planet because number one, there won't be cow farts and there won't be anything else. What they fail to realize is when we had nothing but bison roaming this country, we had more bison, we had more ruminant animals roaming this country back at the turn of the last century, back in the, the late, mid to late 1800s, than we do all cows today. And we didn't have a problem with the ozone layer, not at all, not even a little bit. Not only that, but mint learners in a movie explaining how cow belching and cow farting is not doing anything to the ozone layer. Now, this is an expert. This isn't just some guy I found in a street corner. And then I go into explaining, I feel like Lewis Black. I'm just yelling into a mic. Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, we had this old Italian guy. We didn't even ask him a question. He just started yelling at us right now. We're actually just going to um, edit out all of our questions. <laughs> it's just going to be you yelling. <laughs> With me yelling forever. But then you start looking around. It's like, okay, where do the ingredients come from? Most, most of the ingredients come like from China. And then they have to be shipped here. And then when they get here, they have to go into a factory and they have to make all of this stuff. And when you're doing all this stuff, you're spewing more CO2 carbons into the air. When you're shipping it from a different company, a country, it's going to take at the very least either diesel fuel or jet A or something else to get it here. And then we're going to put it together in a factory and put more carbon into the air. This is causing a bigger problem than any cow can ever cause. Yet. No one talks about that. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really pass the common sense sniff test. I just Googled real quick. How many cars are in the U.S.? And it's 284 million. And then how many cows? 93 million. Yeah. And by the way, we're the only country. Well, I mean, we're not the only guy. That's a lie. But we're doing more to help cars and everything with the emissions and all that. We're making our catalytic converters and we're doing all of this stuff. I spent three weeks giving talks all around India. Sometimes a government will hire me to come in and just go to hospitals and stuff and do my Lewis Black impression. <laughs> and I'm driving around, cars are spewing crap into the atmosphere in that country. And you're going, is anyone looking at this? Does anyone care? Oh no, we pretend that, oh, they're just all doing fucking yoga here or something. But these people are just like, Cows can walk through your house. You can't do anything. It's a sacred thing. It's like I'm looking around going, 
why are we so hard on ourselves when you go to other countries and they're breaking every rule and they're pumping nothing but crap? But no, let's just call call the cows the problem. It, it just yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. Cow farts. That might be a good title for the show. <laughs> cow farts and other sundry ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Fire Within works with companies and organizations that might benefit from a health course? Brandon's health course, Health Transformation, can be applied to your company and custom tailored to meet your company's needs. You could supply it as something from your HR department or just a gift by giving access to everyone in your company to the course. If that's you and you're interested, go to firewithinnf.com on the homepage. Look for corporate partnerships. So I got a question for you, Vinny. Out of the documentaries, the writing books, the the starting companies, like you got the coffee company, now you're doing clothing, you got the NSG, the Vitamin Club. What's the most energizing thing for you? What do you enjoy the most? This is going to make me sound like a complete douchebag, man. I like helping people online that I've never met. That's why I created the PDF. It's free. It's not going to, I promised this year at some point not to make it free anymore. I think we've given it away just over 300,000 times or right at 300,000 times. And I'm going to put like a $10 charge on it because when people pay for something, you know, is it only worth 10? I don't know what it's, but when you pay for something, people might read it in a different light, but I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the fact that even though they, I get censured and shadow banned and everything else. It doesn't really stop me. One said to me, man, you say a lot of things. You ever worry about getting canceled? And the answer is no, because you can't cancel someone that doesn't want to be canceled. The only time anyone's ever canceled is when they have to go into an apology tour. If they, I don't, no one owns me. Yeah. I don't work for Alkmaier or G, GM or anything else. I, I'm me and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And I did look through that PDF. It's very robust. It's uh, very closely in line to what we talk about uh, here at Fire Within uh, and what I work with my clients. So it's a fantastic guide to improving health. So I definitely encourage Thanks. people to go there. I, when, whenever I start charging for it, I'm going to update it just a little bit. I wrote that in an afternoon because the book was doing really well. It just really, I was shocked. And people kept writing to me on Twitter and Facebook. I, I haven't been on Facebook in a couple of years now, but you know, even though I have a group that's a private group and they were going, I wish the book had given us more of a prescription. And I said, you made a lot of money on that book. I owe these people a prescription of some sort. So I sat around one afternoon. I'm lying. It took me two afternoons and I just wrote it out. And then I handed it to someone and said, just type this up exactly the way it's written. And that thing has done more for people than anything else. Yeah, it's, it's solid. You know, what, what we teach is limited to no wheat, grain, corn, soy, dairy, minimal alcohol, and sugar. And I think it's pretty close in line with that. With the closer to the keto side, you guys a little bit more stringent with potatoes and beans. And I think for some people, that could definitely be the right approach. But, uh, but I thought uh, from top to finish, that was a solid document to help somebody. No, I appreciate it. The only, you know, beans are not so bad. Um, I have a problem with white potatoes because on a glycemic scale, they, sometimes they reach 105 and, and sugar is 100. People go, what about potatoes? And it's like, you, you're about to lose a foot. Do you really need <laughs> potatoes? Yeah. Think about it. 
And it's pretty crazy the strong draw food has. Even when people are risking limbs, it's still that difficult. And it's we did a, a show on sugar and how it's the most addictive substance on the planet. I was talking to, you mentioned Dr. Drew earlier. I was talking to Dr. Drew, and I can't remember if it was private, just between us or on one of his shows, because sometimes it's one and the same. We don't talk any differently off the air than we do on the air. And I was saying they're showing where sugar is as addictive as cocaine. And Drew goes, well, not exactly. You know, because cocaine, yeah, they both light your brain up, but cocaine does it in this way and that way. And, and I said, yeah, but here's the difference. They market sugar to kids at a birthday party. They, they let it be okay. How can it be bad? This is good for you. How can an ice cream be bad? How can gummy bears be bad? At least we know cocaine is bad when we're doing it. Yeah, it's not the go-to sure. choice for a kid's party. <laughs> yeah. I know when my daughter was young, we did some coke. We did some heroin, you know, some rocks. <laughs> Happy birthday. It's your fifth birthday. <laughs> yeah, when she was like 11, we did an ecstasy birthday for her. <laughs> All the kids were like making love. It was just, I just canceled myself. I do it. No, I'm going to hear this and go, did you hear what he said? <laughs> I've heard it said that people would advocate for sugar having to be behind the counter. Something you have to show ID for and be a certain age, but it actually probably wouldn't be a bad idea. But uh, we have just a few minutes left. There's one more quote from you that I just wanted you to touch on. And then I'm going to ask you our final question. But one of the things you said on Mike Rose show, the way I heard it was that Exercise is not the best way to lose weight, but it is the fountain of you. And I thought that was such a powerful statement. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I started using that whenever I'd walk on stage. People, oh, here comes the fitness trainer. He's going to tell us to exercise. <clears throat> and I would walk on stage and uh, the first words out of my mouth is, exercise is a horrible way to lose weight. You cannot outrun a bad diet. Sure, you might start exercising and lose three to five pounds. But then that's it. I've seen people make a decree to run a marathon and they've never run a marathon in their life and they'll train for 18 to 21 weeks and they'll get on that line in perfectly good shape, except they weigh more now than when they started because they'll start running and they'll get a Runner's World magazine and it'll say you need goo and you need Gatorade and you need carboloids before the race. You, know, you need to, you know, carbo load for weeks and months and years. And you cannot outrun a bad diet. It's this never happened in history. And, and look, I'm a guy that used to ride a bike when I did the ultra racing. I would ride a bike 15 to 17,000 miles a year. Think about that. Most people don't put that on an automobile. And you cannot lose. If exercise, I would have weighed zero at the end of the year. It doesn't work that way. You have to eat a proper diet. And you might, what about the guys in, in the Tour de France and the whole thing? You should see what those guys were eating at night. In between every day on those races, they're eating steaks the size of their bodies just to keep, we, we always call steaks the poor man's EPO. It, it really works, but you cannot outrun sugars and grains. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Now that brings us to our final question. I asked every single guest, if you're, if somebody's looking to make a positive change in their health and their life, what are the top three things you'd tell them? Wow. I wish I studied for this test. <laughs> Number one, the biggest change, proper sleep. And I am not saying this because I can't think of anything to say, because I could say 20 things. 
Proper sleep is so important. It's when we rebuild our bodies, it's when our hormones are working in the correct direction to heal our bodies to go another day. If you ever look at people who are lifetime bartenders, rock and rollers, people who work at night, we're not nocturnal animals. They never look as good as the rest of us. Think about that night when you stayed up all night, pulling an all-nighter or partying or whatever. The bottom line is we need proper rest to regenerate, to yeah. recuperate, regenerate. That's number one. Look at Keith uh, Richards, for example. <laughs> again. So look at Keith Richards, for example, from the Rolling Stones. That, that guy is still alive. <laughs> is, I'm sorry, yeah. number two. <laughs> I can just go on and on with you guys. I love you guys. Number two, weight-bearing exercise. This, folks, does not mean weight-lifting. Weight-bearing means you have to be on your feet. You're bearing the weight of your skeletal structure. We are bipods. We were never meant to sit around. Uh, that means, at the very least, walk every day. Whenever that whole campaign came out about 10,000 steps a day, I love it. I know it. I get it. Some company did that, so you can buy their pedometer or whatever. That's fine. Get out. If you don't do anything else, walking matters. If you work in a cubicle, stand up. Weight bearing exercise, just standing there is better than not. And by the way, I can sit here and say you need to do squats and lunges three times a week. I, yes, that's all good. But we're talking bare minimum. Number one, get proper sleep. Number two, weight bearing exercise. And by the way, if you want to take it to a different level, jogging, running, depending on which country. You, do you know the difference between jogging and running? Not particularly. It's both the same thing. In London, they call it jogging. Here we call it running. It's uh, the same thing. And uh, number three, proper yeah. diet, making sure you're getting enough protein every day, right? Protein is the building block for every cell in your body. So, yeah. yeah, it's extremely know. important as people age because of sarcopenia. And then if you have debilitating injuries or diseases that put you in a wheelchair. It's so important because when that atrophy starts to set in, that's pretty much the end of life. But protein is such a huge part of that. So, you, know, you mentioned sarcopenia. If we can just give me one more second here. Sure. Monopoly. We, it starts happening around your 35th birthday, and we can largely reverse it just by exercising, using weights, lifting heavy things will ward it off and keep it at bay for a longer time. But between your 35th birthday and your 80th birthday, you can literally lose half of your body mass, half of your muscle mass and weight. Yeah. Number one. And you think, okay, so I didn't, I wasn't using those muscles anyway. Au contraire. You're also losing your soft tissue and you're sucking your bones away with it. That's yeah. why when you fall, look, by the time I was 22 years old, I fell every day because I played football. Thousands of times a year, I would throw myself on the ground and have big giant guys land on top of me. Never broke a hip. Yeah. But if you don't do anything between that time and the time you hit 70 and you fall, you're breaking a hip. How did that happen? Yeah. Sarcopenia, which leads to bone loss, which leads to boom, you're dead. Yeah. No, absolutely. Unfortunately, I've had to watch it happen to family members, my dad, all kinds of people. I've got aging clients that it's amazing the difference between the ones with enough protein and the ones that don't. And it's very striking. I know that's epidemiological, not clinical, but still, I still think it has value. So, but yeah, everybody listening, this is a celebrity trainer. People probably have paid thousands and thousands of dollars uh, just for even an hour with him. So please take this information at heart. This is great info. We're honored to have you on the show. 
If people wanted to contact you, find your information, books, movies, how can they find you? Just Google my name, Vinny Tortorich, and I have a YouTube channel. I'm not very big on YouTube. Um, the podcast is the big deal. We get north of a million downloads a month on that. That's the one place where they can't shadow ban me, which is where you, you get 1.2 million. And then you look at your Twitter followers and you have 39,000 or something weird. And right? then you get stuck there for and, years. Same with yeah. Instagram. You just get stuck at that number. You can't increase yeah. it. Yeah. My, my Instagram within two weeks when I started doing Instagram, not that long ago, it was, it went from zero to you know, a couple of thousand. Then it went to 10,000, like by the third week. And then it went to 20,000 by the fifth week. And then it went to 25,000 about a week or two later. And then it just stopped. Yeah. And I think we're at 27 or 28,000 now, but I asked my guy who runs all that for me, I said, what happened? He goes, for every two people that you get, like that find you, they take away 1.7 people. And people write to me, they go, hey man, what did I do to you? Why did you block me? Why did you get rid of me? Said, I've never gotten rid of or blocked anyone. Wow, I didn't realize they were actually taking people oh, yeah. off. Holy crap. They, they, they drop it and they de-platform you. They do. That's like crazy. I, said, I had my attorney contact Wikipedia. It's like, what happened to my Wikipedia page? And they said, we can't verify that anything about him on that. You need to have second and third party confirmation. This he is Wikipedia. We can't verify anything. <laughs> Their whole premise. Their whole premise is random people could input shit. <laughs> Yeah, but if you put stuff about me, they'll go, we don't even know that this guy really exists. And they'll, his book, you could put two or three sources. My, my audio for Fitness Confidential was up for audio, audio book of the year by Audible. It was up. I was in the top five. We, we can't verify any of that. The book still sells 10 years. He's done three movies. We don't know that. Can you give us an external link? Well, he's on Amazon. He's like on McCarthyism, man. This is crazy. It is McCarthyism. It's like he's on 69 VODs around the world. He's on a lot of airlines. He's, but, well, well, I don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> so yeah. do an experiment. Go on yourself and, and start, try to start a Wikipedia page for me and watch what happens. Yeah, yeah. It, you, it, will, it will blow your mind. Yeah. And not only that, my hometown, I grew up in a town of like 6,000 people. They took me off of my hometown Wikipedia. Now, when you grow <laughs> up in a town of 6,000 people, the only other really famous person was a girl I grew up with, D. Bro, who is one of the winningest D1 college gymnastic coaches in the world. She's been the coach at LSU for 30-something years. She's on there. Great. Yeah. D. is pretty famous for a small town. They have an old mafia guy on there. Yeah. yeah. This guy, you know, ran strip joints and collected money from people illegally. He's on there. I used to be on there, but they took me off of there too. Because you don't believe in cow farts destroying the ozone, so shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, they, they say I'm a cholesterol denier and a climate denier. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to wrap up the show here. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you've got a lot of valuable information. If you've learned anything from this show, we'd love for you to give us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. And then check us out at firewithinnf.com to learn more. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.